Okay, uh, welcome everyone. Uh, yesterday, uh, one of the youth group folks came in and uh, they saw Alex and I setting up all of these balloons and they said, is this a gender reveal? Uh, so, just as a quick, uh, as a quick clarification, I thought it would be really nice to have the, the colors that we had sort of picked on our church bulletin. If you look at the little cross on the back of your bulletins, those are, uh, there's blue and there's lighter blue and a, little, a lot of white, and I was like, that would be great. Well, gender reveal, here we go. So if you're new with us worshiping this morning, I have three things to say to you. Uh, First off, uh, this is in fact not a gender reveal. Uh, second, in fact, second of all, uh, we're really, really glad that you're here. Um, and uh, whenever we see uh, brothers and sisters coming into the family, it's it's just awesome. Uh, it's I'm really, really glad to have you here with us. Uh, and then third off, uh, one thing you need to know about our church is that the kids in this church are really, really smart. Kids, amen? All right. <laughs> All right. So I'm wondering, I'm wondering, uh, anybody under the age of, let's say, 10, how many balloons do you think are hanging up here? What do you think, Will? He goes, mm, I don't know. 10,000 balloons. <laughs> We're not that good. Anybody else? Raise, raise your hands high. How many balloons? Yeah. 364 balloons. You're getting closer. Uh, way in the back. Go ahead. 100 balloons. Getting a little colder, but we're all right. And then on the right. 200 balloons. We have one in the back. What do you think? 500 balloons. Give them a round of applause, ladies and gentlemen. There are 500 balloons around here. Now, who here has had a birthday party this year? Raise your hands. Raise them really high. Who's had a birthday party this year? Yeah. Who's had a birthday this year? All right. I need a, a volunteer for this next one. Who has a birthday today? Anybody? Anyone, raise your hands really high. Does anyone have a birthday today? Anyone? Well, come on up. We need a volunteer. Birthday today. Come stand right here. Now, all right, give them a round of applause. Now, let's say you're having a birthday party, right? Now stand right in front and center. We want the camera to be able to see you for this. Uh, if, if we have uh, one balloon, is that a good birthday party? Yeah, it was great. That's Thanks. not very reliable, oh, is on. it? No, that's a, what happens if you have one balloon. Is that reliable? No. Can that be? No, stay here. Stay here, please. I'm not done yet. Um, now, uh, party, yeah. si party City says that the helium in their balloons wears out after 10 hours. And I was like, that's because they're trying to upsell me to the, the better stuff. No, they mean it. 10 hours. So, can you hear? So, is three balloons doing a little better? Right? That's a little more reliable, right? Well, not so much, right? Uh, <laughs> sorry. This is the worst birthday I've ever had in my life. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, so w before we let our wonderful birthday guest down <laughs> with his balloons, uh, church, I want to uh, remind you just of, of what to say to Pastor Alex. Today is his birthday. 
It's not only Easter, but it's also his birthday. And so repeat after me. Happy birthday, Pastor Alex. Happy birthday, Pastor Alex. Thank you. You get younger and handsomer every year. Give him a round of applause, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> he said he was going to make the car dealership joke, and I was like, don't worry, I'll have my revenge. Uh, why 500 balloons? Does anyone know? Will, do you, Will and Caleb, do you guys know? Uh, that's, that's how I feel inside most of the time. Why 500? What do you think? I, you don't know. That's okay. That's okay. Uh, older kids. Any, any kids under the age of 97? Uh, why, why do you think 500 balloons? Yeah, in the white shirt right over there. You're under the age of 97 and under the, under the age of 5. Any thoughts? Anybody? Yeah? Yeah, in the back. What do you think? Ah, oh, okay. So uh, this is a little-known thing. This is a text that we haven't seen uh, very often in the gospel accounts, that Jesus died for our sins, he rose from the dead, and it wasn't just like some thing that one guy kind of cooked up. He's like, you know, it would be a cool story, guys. What if we said he rose from the dead? That'd be funny. Or, you know, it would also be plausible if three guys got together and they're like, all right, here's the story. Have you guys ever done that with your friends? Like, you, you come up with your little conspiracy. Here's what we're saying. This is the story. I'm sticking to it. Can 500 people do that? <laughs> together? Can 500 people do that? No. no. Okay. So, here's what Paul says. 1 Corinthians 15, 3 to 8. This is a little different translation, a little easier to read, all right? Christ died for our sins in atoning death. He was buried. That means he was actually dead. He was raised from the dead. And this wasn't just like a conspiracy that a couple people cooked up. He appeared to Peter. You guys know who Peter is, right? He, then he appeared to the 12 apostles. After that, he appeared to more than 500 brothers and sisters, at the same time. Most of them are still living, but some have died. Look around. This is what 500 looks like. Now, I thought about uh, trying to hire 500 stage actors or extras to come in and stand in for you, but we're a little tight on budget this year for that kind of thing, so we figured we would go with balloons and embarrass the rector instead. But 500 people saw this man at the same time. Now, this is incredibly significant, actually. In an ancient document, this is very, very significant. This is a big claim that someone walked out of the grave. They rose from the dead, right? And you might say, well, uh, no, that's, that's great. That's a nice story. That's a nice tall tale. That's a, it's a good metaphor because the flowers come up in the spring and uh, it's the time when there's bunny rabbits and there's a general sense of hope. Uh, there are scholars like John Dominic Crossan that have said, you know what happened after Jesus died is that in the, in the ensuing weeks and months that the disciples got together and they had a sense that there was some kind of hope afterwards that would be coming. 
that, they, that maybe it was all going to be okay. And so they made up a story that Jesus rose from the dead. And really, that's just a story, they, John Dominic Crossan says, but really the core truth underneath is just a kind of a sense of hope. Well, Paul doesn't say that. What about these 12 apostles? 12 is a little bit better of a number, right? 12 reliable people trained under Jesus. They knew this guy. And what did they say? Well, this is what they did, all right? You have Andrew, Matthias, James, son of Alphaeus, and maybe Jude. They went to Syria where they died for their faith. I know it's a little scary, sorry. Thomas went to India. He gave his life there. James, the brother of John, was killed in Jerusalem. Peter was martyred in Rome. Philip, likely in North Africa. Matthew, some say, went to Ethiopia, where he gave his life. Notice, Jesus said at the end of Matthew 28, go to all the nations. I bet we're totally blowing this out on the online thing right now, aren't we? Oh, well. Go to all of the nations and proclaim the gospel. And that's what these men did. Simon the Zealot went to Persia. Bartholomew went to Armenia. Paul died in Rome. Right? Um, I forget what happened to the other guy. Matthew went to Ethiopia. He lost his life too. John was the only one, according to church tradition, who actually survived into old age. All of the rest of these people laid down their lives. And for what? For a metaphor? Would you give your life for a metaphor? Would you give your life for a vague sense of hope? So Paul says, listen guys, like I get it. I get it you say like, oh, well he didn't raise from the dead. Well, why? Well, because people don't raise from, rise from the dead. It's just not what happens. Well, how do you know that? Well, no one's ever risen from the dead. Well, what about that guy? He rose from the dead, right? Well, no, he didn't, clearly. Well, why not? Because people don't rise from the dead. Do you get it? That's like a circular argument. So my invitation to you is to look at the evidence. You don't believe me, says Paul? You don't believe me? Go to Rome and ask Peter. He'll tell you about what he saw. Uh, go, to go to Jerusalem and ask James. Ask all the 12 apostles. Or just start asking around. There were 500 people, many of whom were al still alive. Though some, like that little dwindled balloon up there, um, had fallen asleep, right? Here's my point. The resurrection is reliable. It is reliable. Now, uh, one finishing thought to close. A bit of application, and this is mainly for you grown-ups. So kids, you can ask your grown-up uh, about this after. And if you're a grown-up, you can ask your fellow grown-ups about this after. What is this? Anybody know? A rock! Ugh. It's a pretty heavy rock, right? I got this out of, my, out of my backyard, but before that, it came from somewhere else. You know where it came from? Deep down under the earth. Does anyone know where... Uh, does anyone here like to play in the dirt? Raise your hands. Yeah, I love the, the number of adults that are raising their hands here. 
Um, I love to play in the dirt. And when you're playing in the dirt, what you're usually playing in, these are plants, by the way, uh, is topsoil, right? There's a layer of earth that's pretty loose, craggy, but some plants like to root down a little bit deeper into the subsoil, right? Their roots will anchor them down a little bit better. That's pretty good, right? Um, and then uh, below that, you have some bigger rocks, a little bit called substratum. Substratum. But here's the thing. If you're going to build a building, if you're going to build something like a church, literally underneath right here, if you, if you fall, go into the basement, which I don't really recommend, it's pretty nasty, but if you go into the basement and walk right underneath where I am standing right now, what you will find is a layer of Anybody? Bedrock. When earthquakes hit, the only things that survive the earthquakes, the only buildings that are still standing are those that are anchored in to the bedrock. So my question, grown-ups, is, is your life anchored into the bedrock? The gospel that this man who died for your sins was actually raised in the early morning hours of the day after a Shabbat, he walked out of the grave as a risen new body, defeating death. Is that your bedrock? Or are you anchored somewhere in the subsoil here? Is it your career that's anchoring you? Maybe it's a relationship that's anchoring you, and you're a little bit closer down into the substratum. Um, maybe it's your, like, car or your car collection, and, uh, and you're still just in the topsoil. But guess what happens? When the earthquake hits, are you rooted in the bedrock? Are you rooted in the bedrock? Jesus Christ will not let you down. There is nothing that can separate you from the love of Christ. And he has proved that by taking on the one thing that everybody figured would separate you, which is death. And he defeated it. And so we have nothing to be afraid of. May we find our hope and our peace and our joy there. Amen? Amen. Alleluia? Alleluia. Oh, that, come on. Alleluia? Alleluia. Thank you, everyone.